Vigorous Steve here. So you like that best off-season bulking steroid cycle with zero water retention in blood video a lot, right? Well, I got a lot more where that came from, but now that the cat's out of the back, we can't exactly make the same joke twice. Now, can we? Long story short, caloric adjustments and cardio will help you reach your goals if you're after getting lean. But there are a boatload of performance enhancing drugs out there who can assist you to attain your goals maybe a little bit easier, albeit... I'll be the first one to say that any compound that increases metabolic rates also increases hunger. And thus, it might actually become more difficult if you throw the kitchen sink at it, right? Keep this in mind going forward throughout this video. So here are the same quote-unquote dry anabolic angenic steroids yet again, the ones that don't aromatize into estradiol, some of which might actually inhibit the conversion of testosterone into estradiol but I'm sure you guys are all well aware. Let's not beat this dead horse any further. I mean, this dead horse now looks like a pile of poop you would see in Jurassic Park 1. Anyway, we have these dry cutting face shredding compounds to choose from Equipoise, Dihydrobaldrone, Oral Turinable, Masterone, Halotestin, Proviron, Superdrol, Primabolin, Anivar, and even Anadrol. You can run during a cutting phase, albeit that in some individuals were not exceptionally lean. Anadrol will still potentiate a little bit of water retention, so keep this in mind. There's Parabolin, Trembolone, but keep in mind that higher dosages of Trembolone are known to thicken the skin. You've heard the term seal skin, right? That's just bro code for that guy took enough trend for an entire cattle ranch. So during a cutting phase, less trend is more because the more trend you take, the thicker your skin will be and the less cosmetically appearing, the less lean you actually look. And then there's oral or injectable Winstrol. There is some scientific evidence that shows that stenazolol, Winstrol, can inhibit the progesterone receptors and over time minimize or fully inhibit progesterone-mediated collagen synthesis. So if you're running progestogenic 19 or testosterone derivatives like Trimbolone, for example, then it might be advised to run a low-dose Winstrol alongside of that to minimize its negative effects on increasing skin thickness. Because again, stenazolol, Winstrol, can actually thin the skin with long-term exposure. And if you run stenazolol solo, the skin thinning effects can actually be quite pronounced. But this is the same case for some other dihydrotestosterone derivatives like primabolin or masterone, for example, which its metabolites have a suppressing or selective estrogen receptor modulator-like effect and thus can um, impair estrogen-mediated collagen synthesis in the skin as well, right? So stacking several of these compounds together not only uh, might help with fat loss, even though anabolic amgenic steroids are poor fat mobilizers or metabolizers, you could consider these steroids to be metabolic modulators through its inhibition of several receptors, whether those are estrogen receptors or progesterone receptors or even glucocorticoid steroid receptors. More on that later. You might get a skin thinning effect, the inhibition of fat storage by blocking the glucocorticoid receptors, which also promotes anabolism because you're blocking catabolism as a direct result of that. And long story short, over prolonged periods of time with caloric restriction and cardio, obviously, and perhaps using other metabolic modulators or fat burners, um, you end up pretty damn lean. Now, as you might have noticed, Exogenous testosterone is not on this list because testosterone converts into estradiol and estradiol makes you hold a little bit of water. But you still need testosterone as the foundation of your anabolic androgenic steroids cycle because you do need a good amount of estradiol for physiological function. Not only because estradiol helps with glucose homeostasis in the bloodstream and helps to regulate the amount of insulin that you secrete from the pancreas, which ultimately puts you in a favorable fat loss scenario, 
Estradiol also helps with fat metabolism in adipose tissue and other tissues. So you can't crush your serum estradiol to the point it's zero for the entire cutting phase. You need it for normal physiological function. You can manipulate your serum estradiol levels to let's say 20, 25, 35 picograms per milliliter if you feel that's optimal for you. You can use aromatized inhibitors to get the job done or rely on reversely binding diuretestosterone derivatives or derivatives of boldenone, right? Some of its metabolites can also inhibit the aromatized enzymes. Whatever you need to do to control your serum estradiol levels, if you have stubborn body fat areas that are um, kind of inhibited by estradiol being present, right? Bring your estradiol levels down or use a selective estrogen receptor modulator to block the estrogen receptors and thus get favorable fat loss from the lower body. Now let's say the quads, hamstrings, and glutes. Whatever you do, whatever method you deploy, make sure that you have a testosterone base and don't, for the life of you, crush your serum estradiol levels to zero. Don't try to reinvent the wheel by using Dianabol as a base for methyl estradiol. Methyl estradiol is not bioidentical and there's no clear scientific evidence that it fulfills the same physiological functions as estradiol does. It's unclear if methyl estradiol can actually promote fat metabolism and help with glucose homeostasis in the bloodstream. So please, testosterone base and everything else on top, carefully manipulated based on blood work results and the same goes for serum dihydrotestosterone right you need a little bit of dht for normal physiological function particularly in cases of libido and even though you might use some dht derivatives like masterone primobolin winstrol anivar etc you might got might not get a dht like effect regarding libido what is the point if you're shredded you have this adonis godlike physique but your doesn't work I mean, how are you going to get lower ab cramps or doctor cramps if your penis is non-functional, right? So please make sure that you have a testosterone base for normal estradiol and normal DHT. It's the estradiol that ultimately makes you hold a little bit of water, but that's not the end of the world because the leaner you get, the drier you become, right? You have potential for water retention in adipose tissue. Guess what? When that adipose tissue is gone, your 6% body fat or maybe even 8% body fat, there's little to zero water retention, even if your serum estradiol levels are towards the top of the reference range. Now, obviously, if you use growth hormone and anadrol and other compounds alongside of your testosterone base, you might still get a little bit of water retention, making you look less shredded than you actually are. But um, I'm sure you're smart enough to manipulate your carbohydrates, electrolytes, and occasionally use the diuretic if you want to see how shredded you truly are. Keep the testosterone in, make sure that your estradiol levels stay favorable because otherwise you'll simply never get as lean as you want to be. And like I discussed in the best off-season bulking steroid cycle videos, we can use ancillaries to mitigate some of the water retention. And even if you have a slight amount of water retention during your cutting phase, because your serum estradiol levels are now favorable, uh, maybe look into an angiotensin receptor blocker if the masterone or primobolin is not sufficient to drive the water off. Maybe look into other ancillaries, which can help you stay lean and potentiate additional fat loss, right? There's a boatload of ancillaries you can choose from, but if we can agree that ancillaries can prevent water retention on quote-unquote wet anabolic androgenic steroids, and since we can all agree that the success of your cutting phase is 100% dictated by caloric adjustments, carbohydrate restriction, the inclusion of cardio, whether that's daily fasted cardio or post-workout cardio or walking in between sets or 10-minute walks or keeping up with your steps, doing a standing desk, right? whatever you can do to increase 
caloric expenditure. Basically, it doesn't really matter what you use compound-wise, because if that is the rule of dictation regarding the success of your fat loss journey, then you can also use nandrolone, mint, anadrol, deanabol, or anything else, as long as you mitigate some of the negative effects on water retention with ancillaries. Eye-opening, right? Basically, you can run any compound during the cutting phase as long as you restrict your calories and increase your caloric expenditure. Man, it sucks. It sucks because you wanted to run train and windstraw together and uh, send conflicting signals through the progesterone receptor, ultimately ending up shredded, hard, and dense. I get it, but you can literally run any different compound you want. It can be testosterone solo as long as you follow the cookie cutter guidelines of caloric manipulation, ensuring that you still eat nutritious foods. Yeah, but I thought you have to make those DHTs and trend to get shredded. It doesn't matter what you think. But dude, you can even get shredded on the off-season bloat monster bulking steroid cycle. As long as you restrict your calories, do some cardio here or there, and use some fat burners when fat loss starts to stall. Will you look crazy peeled the entire way through up until your 6% body fat? Probably not. From 6% body fat onwards, you will still look crazy peeled regardless of what you use because you're super lean. But up until that point, you might hold a little bit of water on a protocol containing testosterone, nandrolone, oxymetolone, growth hormone, IGF-1, uh, insulin, creatine monohydrates, and again, potentially some fat burners. Uh, but it's not the end of the world to hold a little bit of water if the end goal is just to get lean. Maybe this cycle will help to protect your joints if you're super strong. And instead of throwing the kitchen sink regarding DHT derivatives at it, particularly Winstrol, which makes you injury prone, um, this protocol will probably protect your joints, allowing you to still lift heavy as you get leaner. And then when you are lean, 6% body fat, 8% body fat, whatever, then you take the nandrolone out, you take the oxymetolone out, you take the insulin out, maybe the IGF-1 and the growth hormone, you take it out. All you need is one month with some adjustments to look absolutely diced out of your socks. <laughs> it doesn't take a lot of time. Four weeks is all you need. I've coached many a people through cycles like this, they followed uh, regular caloric adjustments and increased cardio using some fat burners. They used whatever they needed to stay strong and full, albeit slightly watery. The fat loss was still occurring. And even though by that time the skin might look a little bit thicker than desired, four weeks on stenazolol using various DHT derivatives alongside of that, and perhaps ancillaries or more fat burners will get that skin paper thin to the point you look absolutely diced but for the majority of the time during your cutting phase, you are using uh, quote unquote wet compounds. But I'll also be the first one to say that this kind of cycle is obviously not ideal if you go into a cutting phase because you're missing out on the inhibition of particular receptors, which ultimately helps with fat loss and muscle preservation when you're in a prolonged caloric deficit. So instead we could do the cookie cutter cutting phase shredding steroid cycle consisting of a testosterone base and then you choose either between equipoise, dihydrobolidone, masterone, or primabolin. You either run a parabolin or mint alongside of that to further enhance anabolism at a low and effective dose. You could choose between an oral steroid like oral terinabol or anavar. But if you go with trembolone, then a combination of trembolone and winstrol might be advised to make sure that skin thickness doesn't go out of control and then you have seal skin at the end of your cutting phase. And then obviously peptides like growth hormone, IGF-1, insulin if needed, the use of creatine monohydrate or other uh, growth-promoting over-the-counter supplements. 
and then angiotensin receptor blockers or metabolic modulators and fat burners simply as needed you deploy those when they're required or when the time is right uh, this is a little bit more intelligently designed because now you get estrogen receptor inhibition or the inhibiting the conversion of testosterone into estradiol you can do your blood work so you don't bottom out on serum estradiol levels because you still need a good amount of estradiol for normal uh, physiological function and for fat burning downstream then you use trimbalone for example to inhibit the glucocorticoid receptors Anavar potentiates something similar or look at the Winstrol, which can inhibit the progesterone receptors to a certain extent, right? Look into the unique characteristics of each anabolic androgenic steroid that you're interested in. Figure out how they can potentially enhance your fat loss journey and complement your cutting phase. Um, so your metabolic rate stays elevated and inhibit particular receptors, which ultimately results in either a more anabolism, less catabolism, or enhanced fat loss. Right? This is why we design stacks in a particular way. But individual response still dictates which compounds you're going to use. So a cookie cutter approach is very, very difficult to lay out in a video like this. So here are a couple examples of which anabolic androgenic steroids go well with each other. A testosterone base and using primabolin for additional anabolism and to help keep serum estradiol levels under control, starting with a one-to-one -one ratio of testosterone to primabolin. Using a low dose of trimbolone, perhaps in combination with oxandrolone, to inhibit the glucocorticoid receptors. And then perhaps growth hormone IGF-1 or insulin on top. It entirely depends on you on what your preferences are, but I would still recommend you to cycle off these kinds of peptides because they potentiate a decent amount of water retention, especially if the dosages are reasonably high. I mean, 12 IUs of growth hormone, uh, that's a good amount of water retention, I'll tell you that. And if you want to do a photo shoot or you're stepping on stage, then it might be best to discontinue these kinds of compounds, let's say two weeks or three weeks before doing the show or getting your pictures done right uh, same for creatine monohydrate you would cut that out let's say two weeks three weeks before stepping on stage or doing a photo shoot so careful manipulation and how you want to look on a particular day is always always required this is why we have bodybuilding contest prep coaches <laughs> to get all of this done and here's another example a combination of testosterone equipoise mint and oral terinibol some people report that it get increased endurance of a particular stack like that, one-to-one -one ratio of testosterone and boldenone with a low dose of mint, let's say 50 milligrams to 70 milligrams per week, which should not exacerbate the conversion of testosterone into estradiol. I think in this context, estradiol levels will be completely managed as well. And then oral terinibol to enhance your performance slightly more on top of the boldenone and the mint. That's part of this picture, right? Uh, different goals, different performance-enhancing drugs that are being stacked together again perhaps in combination with peptides if desired or you can keep it simple and do your cutting phase with a cycle like this consisting of testosterone growth hormone and an aromatized inhibitor simple as but you'll still get the results if you restrict your calories and do the cardio you i've done cutting cycles with testosterone growth hormone and aromatized inhibitors many a time and I still got lean. You don't need Tren, you don't need Anavar, you don't need Primabolin or Mastrone or anything else. You can get the job done with these compounds alone. And well, actually you can get it done without any compounds because if you look at natural bodybuilding, albeit that those guys are uh, somewhat small compared to enhanced bodybuilders, they still get peeled. And 
If you can't deal with the androgen deficiency that usually comes along with a drug-free athlete that's absolutely shredded to the bone, then look into ACG monotherapy. That's exactly what I'm doing right now. It will help you sustain your muscle mass and your testicular function. Serum testosterone levels will be more than enough for you to get lean during a prolonged caloric deficit. I know everybody wants to stack all these compounds together, but it's certainly not required. The foundation still remains. Now, that being said, I'm all for fat loss optimization. We know that anabolic amgenic steroids have a suppressive effect on cortisol secretion, and a good amount of anabolic amgenic steroids can actually inhibit the glucocorticoid receptors and thus offset fat storage and cannibalism, otherwise caused by rising cortisol levels. Keep in mind that cortisol generally arises with prolonged caloric restriction because you're doing your daily fasted cardio, you're training to failure multiple times per week. Let's say you go to the gym four to five times per week. During your cutting phase, multiple sets to failure. Very good to increase your cortisol levels even if you're on a boatload of steroids to offset that. Of course, the last thing on your mind is scheduling a deload because you have a deadline where you need to be lean on a certain day. Your sympathetic nervous system is on fire from all the androgens and stimulants that you're taking, so you can't even fathom taking a day off from the gym, let alone a full week. Sleep quality is probably also impaired because the steroids put you in this perpetual fight-or-flight state. The stimulatory fat burners that you're taking multiple times per day, sometimes even right before bed, are surely worsening your sleep quality and increased cortisol levels. And guess what? If you're taking growth hormone secretagogues because you can't afford pharmaceutical-grade growth hormone, those are also known to increase cortisol levels. And if you take MK677 before bed or another growth hormone secretagogue multiple times per day, cortisol levels surely but steadily go up. Basically, regardless of the amount of steroids that you're taking, a cutting phase or contest prep is the ideal scenario to max out your cortisol levels. So you should put some sort of glucocorticoid receptor inhibition in place alongside methods to control further and excessive cortisol secretion. You can look into ashwagandha root extract, phosphatidylserine, Emodin, all these over-the-counter supplements have a blunting effect on serum cortisol levels, and thus the glucocorticoid receptor inhibition that you put in place by choosing particular anabolic androgenic steroids has a synergistic overlapping effect and thus blunts cortisol's effect on fat storage and catabolism. And if you structure your training a little bit better, take an occasional deload or full week off from the gym, you incorporate diet breaks here and there to reset your metabolism where calories come up to increase your metabolic rate and then calories come down again to continue with your cutting phase, then cortisol kind of becomes a non-issue, right? With all of these methods you can deploy, if you take a little bit longer during your cutting phase, it shouldn't be a deal breaker regarding the outcome of your fat loss journey. That being said, of course, I won't leave you hanging and not give you a list of glucocorticoid receptor inhibiting steroids. So here they are right on the screen. Just keep in mind, like I mentioned before, most anabolic androgenic steroids are known to suppress cortisol secretion from the adrenal glands. And if that's not sufficient, uh, put some glucocorticoid receptor inhibition in place alongside over-the-counter supplements with further blunt cortisol secretion from the adrenals. So we have to choose from Metribolone, not very sustainable. Mebolarone, check drops, not very sustainable. Fluoxymestrolone, also known as halotestin. And this might be sustainable for two weeks in duration at the end of a contest prep or cutting phase. Uniquely to halotestin, it acts as an 11-beta hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase type 2 enzyme inhibitor. And this enzyme is responsible for the inactivation of glucocorticoids, including cortisol and corticosterone. This prevents normal metabolism into biologically benign cortisone and 11-beta dehydrocorticosterone. So in the presence of halotestin inhibiting this enzyme, 
glucocorticoid concentrations go up. And because halotestin also inhibits the glucocorticoid receptors, there, this results in an overstimulation, overactivation of the mineralocorticoid receptors, and thus blood pressure increases, and you might still get some cortisol-like effects. So it's very important that if you do deploy halotestin at the end of a cutting phase or contest prep, that all other variables are completely controlled because otherwise you might get some sort of cortisol-like effect and the blood pressure increases and of course mood management is going to be problematic. Now, unfortunately, halotestin is not very sustainable, so we have to look into other uh, anabolic androgenic steroids to inhibit glucocorticoid receptors for longer periods of time. We can use oxandrolone or trembolone or Winstrol and maybe even other anabolic androgenic steroids, but the scientific evidence is very, very, very lacking when it comes to this aspect. It hasn't really been fully investigated, and the relative binding affinities of particular steroids regarding the glucocorticoid receptors um, have not been established in depth. And unfortunately, the scientific evidence is also lacking regarding steroid-induced inhibition of the progesterone receptors or the estrogen receptors. We do know that mastrone has a metabolite that can act as a selective estrogen receptor modulator and block the estrogen receptors in certain tissues. We also know that mastrone and primobolin and some of their metabolites might inhibit the aromatized enzyme and prevent the conversion of testosterone into estradiol and thus lower serum estradiol levels, which can have a favorable effect on fat loss from stubborn body fat areas, which are responsive to estrogens. And we also know that Winstrol can inhibit the progesterone receptors. So if you want to go with an evidence-based cutting phase shredding steroid stack, you'll have to use testosterone as a base for normal estradiol and DHT levels, which makes fat loss favorable. Now, if you want more anabolism out of that and you increase your testosterone levels, you probably need primobolin to inhibit the conversion of testosterone into estradiol to keep estradiol levels favorable, again, for fat loss purposes. You can also block the estrogen receptors by using Mastrone, one of its metabolites, actually blocks the estrogen receptors. And now you don't have to use Nolvidex as an example to uh, remove fat from those stubborn body fat areas, mostly on the lower body. You can inhibit the glucocorticoid receptors with either or a combination of Tremblone and Anavar. And then to offset the negative effects of the Tremblone that you're now taking, uh, thickening the skin through the progesterone receptor, uh, you might need some Winstrol, right? Test, Primo, Mastrone, Tremblone, Oxandrolone, and Winstrol. Evidence-based, low in effective dosages so you don't get terrible side effects um, that would put you in a hole well after <laughs> your cutting phase has concluded. Oh, and before I forget, in order to prevent you from running a boatload of Tremblone or Anavar, instead of using growth hormones to create gogs, which are known to increase cortisol levels, and now you have to offset that with Tremblone or Anavar, right? Maybe bring the dose down, keep it sustainable so you can run it for a longer period of time when you're using growth hormone instead, like real exogenous growth hormone, preferably from pharmaceutical sources, which um, will give you dose-dependent results on your serum growth hormone and serum IGF-1 levels, unlike growth hormone secretagogues, where there's a cap, which is your pituitary gland, right? So uh, why have elevated cortisol and why have elevated prolactin from growth hormone secretagogues when you can go with the real deal? All right, food for thought. Keep all of this in mind. Besides the anabolic androgenic steroids, which lay the foundation of your cutting cycle, there's a boatload of metabolic modulators and fat burners you can choose from. But this video is already way too long and we don't have time for that to favor the algorithm. So I'll just put them on the screen. Here are the metabolic modulators for your consideration. Let that scroll a little bit. 
right, let's give it some time. Let's give that some screen time. And then there's these fat burners, which actually help you burn fat. The metabolic modulators just put your body in a position where lipolysis or fat loss is initiated, assuming you're doing some sort of caloric expenditure through cardio or exercise, then these fat burners actually instruct the mitochondria or the cells to use fat as an energy source. So you can use all the metabolic modulators you want or fat burners that you want. If you're not in a caloric deficit and you're not burning this fat away, then fat loss is simply not going to happen, right? Keep this in mind. Uh, the use of metabolic modulators and fat burners is highly individual. It's entirely up to you because I prefer to use something like a glucagon-like peptide one receptor agonist with a gastric inhibitory polypeptide and perhaps a glucagon to blunt my appetite and initiate lipolysis from adipose tissue using 5-amino-1-MQ to prevent the breakdown of NAD plus by acting as an N-methyltransferase inhibitor and thus fat metabolism in adipose tissue is sustained throughout the entire cutting phase. That is what I prefer, but that's a rather expensive fat burning stack. So if you're on a budget and your pockets aren't that deep and you don't want to spend so much money trying to get lean, uh, there's always clenbuterol or uh, carnitine, right? Or the ECA stack, ephedrine, caffeine, aspirin in combination with carterine GW51516. There's uh, multiple ways to get you lean, but the foundation is still the same, which is adjustments to your caloric intake and increased energy expenditure. Man, it sounds like a broken record, but that's the truth, bro. Okay, if you want to see the best dose of compound XYZ, just let me know down below and I'll add it to the to-do list. If you want to know what the best dose of clenbuterol is, 20 micrograms per day and no more, right? I'll give you the spoiler already. But if you want to see that evidence-based, feel free to let me know down below in the comment section. In the meantime, if you want to get lean and you want to use a, a, a combination of uh, anabolic amgenic steroids, metabolic modulators, and fat burners, please, before you get started, do some blood work to make sure that you're healthy and to sustain your health by doing blood work multiple times during your cutting phase or contest prep so you can see on paper, which uh, blood work markers are getting worse and worse and worse as your cutting phase progresses. And again, if you can do a test, the growth hormone, HCG, and, and maybe some metabolic modulators uh, protocol, focusing on diet and exercise, you can actually stay quite healthy. If you live in the United States, you can do your blood work over at Merrick Health. They have excellent patient care coordinators and healthcare providers who can help you interpret your blood work results. Gorillamite has several over-the-counter supplements which can aid your fat loss journey. I'll link them directly down below. And if you're still training super duper hard because you're on the Tremblone, Oxymetolone and uh, Halotestin sandwich, uh, then buy yourself a gin pin so you can extend all the weight on all of the machines that you're now maxing out so you can still make those continuous gains because you love progressive overload like I do. Thank you guys so much for watching. You can find everything else that I'm associated with also down below in the YouTube description section. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Steve. Vigorous crew, you guys know to do a, um, well, HCG monotherapy and no fat burners uh, cutting phase cycle for me. Uh, yeah, it's boring, but it also works.